Welcome to the Sports Talker with T.J. Walker, presented by Allen Electric. And now, here's T.J. Walker. Hello, everybody, and happy Monday to you. I'm glad to be back after having to miss a few shows last week because of work. I worked pretty hard to try to find a time uh, and schedule around where I would be able to do the radio show, but it never really worked out where I could get an hour and 30 minutes guaranteed to have internet uh, and not have any distractions or interruptions, uh, so it didn't work out. Um, that, that's The good news is that's the last big recruiting event of the year. There's going to be some other smaller ones, but that won't require me uh, to travel all that much, so hopefully those big uh, long hiatuses are a thing of the past. With that being said, there is a ton to talk about when you're going to have me miss three radio shows uh, during one of the biggest events, biggest few events of the year. So, like I said, a lot to talk about, not only from a basketball recruiting standpoint, but we will have uh, plenty of football to talk about. It's SEC Media Days so have started today. Now, Mark Stoops won't speak until Wednesday, so you're going to have a little bit of time before you get some major UK news regarding that. Uh, but the depth chart was released today, so we will we will take a uh, a look at that, and we will talk some some college football as the summer just continues to to move on slowly and slowly and slowly. Uh, you'll have Melvin Lewis, Jordan Swindle, and AJ Stamps with Mark Stoops on Wednesday when he speaks to the media. Uh, in case you were not aware. But I'm happy to be back. Uh, you can tweet into the show at T Walker Rivals. As always, you can call in. We'd love to to hear from you on the Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzz Line. 502-384-1450. And also, Trevor, how are you? It's been a while. Kind of disappointed it took you this long to say hello to me. I, I thought you, that I was the first, the first thing I thought you would say would be like, I can't wait to talk to Trevor. I haven't talked to him in almost a week. It's been nearly a week, and I, I had to kind of lay down the groundwork. Uh, but I, I was going to get to you. I'm. It, it's it's been a while. Are you holding up all right? I'm doing good. I'm just trying to stay dry. It's uh, been a very. I don't know how much it rained uh, in Atlanta and uh, and then where the Peach Jam in Augusta, but it was a uh, pretty uh, soggy week here in Louisville. It did not rain where I was, so was pretty fortunate in that sense. But yeah, I didn't know that. That Louisville happened to be a have a tropical rainforest like environment. Got this a, has been nuts. Got a flat tire that earlier in the week, so that was kind of a sucky thing to happen. But uh, luckily, it happened when I walked out of my house, so it didn't happen on the road. Other than that, I well, pretty had an, a pretty uneventful week, unlike you, who uh, got to uh, enjoy some of the best prospects in the country coming up. Well, and we're going to talk about that. But when I got back in town, I didn't experience some of those uh, storms and some of that bad weather. And listen what happened within my family, Trevor. So Can I, can I, I, went, can I guess, by the way? Because I, well, I did follow your Twitter feed, so I'll probably so get you, it right. So, yeah. so you probably already know. So I wake up on, I guess, Sunday after it, it, the storms had woke me up around 6 or 7. And I guess it was storming all night. Wake up Sunday, and a tree had fallen off, off my neighbor's tree onto my windshield, cracked the windshield in several places. The uh, windshield will have to... Uh, without a doubt, be replaced. Uh, I'm, I'm surprised it didn't cave in. And took off my passenger side mirror and a, and, and a few nice little dents and, and cuts and scratches 
on on the car. You should have, you should have let all you should have finished with the windshield because when you when you start with that and you trail into your driver's side mirror and a few dents, it makes those sound just not even important. You should you should have led with that. My wind my my driver's side window was off. Uh, I had a few dents and oh yeah, my windshield collapsed basically. You should, you well, should have finished with that. You got you got to get this, you got to get build up to something like that. Needless to say, all can, those things happen. Can you and what sue we, your neighbor, by the way, for that since it was their tree? You cannot sue them. Can, can are they responsible? I mean, it's their tree. This is this has turned into a big issue, and and I've I've researched it. I've talked to different people. It seems like my car insurance is going to end up having to pay for it. Now there is a chance where uh, I guess if we wanted to get messy there's a chance where his home insurance would have to pay for it um but here here's kind of the rules is he that is his tree and what happens with his tree uh, he's responsible for but i'm assuming lightning knocked off this branch and it was a pretty decent sized branch um and but once that leaves his tree if it ends up on my property then it becomes part of my property so, so, if it, so if his dog, if his dog leaves his yard and goes into your backyard, is he your dog? I, you know, I don't, I don't know about that. I didn't look up dog rules. By but the way, is this the same neighbor it, that called the cops on you? No, that that was three okay. houses down. All right, that's good. So that, it wasn't that big of a tree limb, uh, but if the tree were to, if lightning were to hit the tree and it would crack right down the middle, and the tree would be still laying on his property and smash my car, then that would still, that would be his fault. But since it fell off and hit my car, it basically was in the in the air on my property, disconnected from the tree at that point that was on his property, and basically just like debris, is what I is what I what I have gotten. So basically, now, your property has an invisible line from where the grass is all the way up to the the stars and the heavens and the moon. It's like the it's like the end zone, baby. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it extends up forever and ever. That that's what I've gotten from it. Now I did read, and I was told. If I had told, and the tree in his front yard is is dead or dying, it's not a very pretty tree. Um, if I had told him or written him letters saying, hey, I need you to take care of your tree. If it were to fall, it could damage my property. I need you to take care of that. If there was written proof that I had communicated to him that he needs to take care of that uh, tree, that piece of property, then he then he would be responsible. Because it would be him neglecting to keep his, uh, to to up to upkeep his property, to upkeep his tree, what all that stuff. Now that being said, he's got another ginormous tree that is also dead and dying in his backyard that leans over my house. And if that puppy were to ever fall, eh. Now so th- does he own this home or is he does he rent it? He owns it. I, I'm talking about the landlord. He does rent it, but I'm talking about the okay, landlord, landlord who, who I've met and is a nice guy. And my insurance agent said you can call him and just see if he feels maybe like he, oh, like if his home home insurance will cover it, and he feels guilty, maybe he'll do it. I doubt he will. He doesn't. Yeah, because even if your insurance covers it, he knows if insurance covered it, you're going to still pay for it in the long run when they raise your rates and deductibles and yeah, all this. I mean, you're going to end up paying stuff. for it anyway. So, I mean, regardless whether it's insurance is initially giving you the front money or not. It's, uh, yeah, it, it's still going to cost me a little bit of money. Well, so that's, those are expensive. I, I well, it's I, illegal I, to drive with a cracked one. I don't know how cracked it is. I, it was hard to tell in the picture you posted on Twitter, but it's really cracked. I mean, it's undrivable. I would assume undrivable and, and insurance asked if I wanted to take it up to the station or up to the, 
the store where I get it fixed, the car shop where I'm going to get it fixed. And if anything were to hit that windshield with how cracked it is, I think it would probably collapse in on itself. Like, like if you're uh, driving and a bird like drops a deuce and it hits your windshield, it's going to fall on you? It's it's that close. That would be hilarious. But there is a, a, a rule in Kentucky where if you have comprehensive insurance, uh, this is getting away from sports talk, and I don't know how fun it is to listen to. If you have compre- comprehensive insurance, uh, windshield replacement doesn't come out of your deductible. Or, or So basically insurance will pay for it, uh, which is kind of cool. Do you so have that? I, I do have that. Um, so I'll be able to get that, and I'll still have to end up probably having to pay for uh, all the – if I want to, if I want to pay for – uh, all the bumps and bruises on my car, I'll have to take care of that. And obviously the the, the mirror, although that's not going to be the, all that expensive. Uh, so we'll see. I'm still going to end up having to pay more had I parked five feet forward or five feet back, but uh, whatever. So that was one thing. Nobody hurt. That's the good Did you walk in and go, damn it, why couldn't it have been Charlie's car? Yeah, you don't know how many times I've thought that already. Uh, but you know, I'm glad nobody got hurt. I'm glad it didn't land on the house. I'm glad it didn't land on Abe. Uh, it, it could have been worse. And, uh, Hannah was, Hannah's got an older car than I do. And she was kind of hoping it would have hit her car. So maybe <laughs> she get a new she, one. it could have led to a new one. Um, but you know, it, we're, we're lucky nobody was injured. So the next thing I wake up to, or that happens on my Sunday morning is I get a picture from my mom of two firefighters carrying my grandma uh, in knee high water. And my aunt was taking my grandma to church. They had gotten, they were trying to drive through water. They should not have, not have even dreamt of uh, driving through and their car stalled, got stuck. They had to call for help. And these two huge firefighters, uh, carried my 93 year old, 94 year old grandma out of the car and to safety, uh, while she's wearing her her Sunday best. Uh, again, that again, I, again, I'm happy nobody was injured and nobody was hurt. Uh, that should be a lesson to everybody that it, if you even think that water could potentially stall your car or you won't be able to drive through it, don't turn around, don't drown, as they say. Uh, and knowing that everybody was safe in that thing, it ended up making for a hilarious story and an unbelievably funny picture. Uh, and my grandma's all laughs about it. She thought it was pretty funny. Oh, you've got stories happened. at Thanksgiving for the next 10 years to talk about. That's true. And beyond. And then the next story is my dad has a pond in his backyard. It's not his, but it's a it's kind of a community pond. And that thing flooded unlike anything I've ever seen, uh, not too far from getting up to his house. And he lives about probably 50 yards away from it, 40 yards away from it. Uh, so that could have been bad. But that was that was the least of the exciting things. So these storms are unbelievable. Well, Hope everybody's being back safe. back to Kentucky, by the way. No I mean, kidding. you might want to no turn kidding. around and just drive right back to Atlanta. I come back and all this happens, and now we, we already had a, a, some storms earlier today and some rain. Supposedly we're going to get more later tonight. Uh, so what is going on, Trevor? I, dude, I mean, seriously, I'm thinking somebody start raining sulfur on your house or something. I mean, in terms of it's coming in groups on you right now. Yeah, so... That's what I have dealt with uh, pretty much all of yesterday and, and most of today as I'm dealing with insurance and uh, how I can try to not spend a lot of money is, if I need to. Is there anybody or, worse to deal with than insurance? I mean, I mean, you, would you rather deal with, like, I mean, I can't imagine. And, and the people I've dealt with in insurance, there might not be anybody worse to deal with than insurance companies. I mean, it's just, it is a nightmare. Well, I this is my first time doing it. 
uh, certainly to this extent. It, it, the only, only other time I've ever done it was when I've had to get insurance. Um, and it hasn't been as bad as you're making it out to be. The people have been really friendly so far. Of course, this is early in the process, and we haven't had to exchange any money or anything like that. Uh, but I'm so confused with what they're talking about. And I think they're maybe trying to be confusing. Oh, because they want to rip you off. Yeah, it's I, they they say one thing like I'm gonna have to pay for something, and then they make it seem like I'm not. And then as of right now, I don't even know what I can pay for. Uh, they made it seem like I could get a rental car for free, but then now I'm not so sure. Uh, it, it's it's been it's been confusing. And this is this is the stuff they should teach you in high school, Trevor. Not algebra, <laughs> not geometry. They should say, hey, when you get older and you have property. Uh, that's going to get damaged, and you're going to have to you're going to have to figure out who's going to pay for it. Exactly. Was, I, I, have I had any use for my 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 three years of science classes in high school? Not one. Granted, okay. my teacher my first year was kind of at the age where on um, two days a week we actually just watched some movies that he rented from Kroger's on Dollar Wednesday and Thursday. But other than that, I mean, I learned nothing. Uh, yes, you're right. This is this should be a class in dealing with insurance companies, dealing with the real life. No more participation trophies for everyone who just wants to be available. That's not how the world works, people. Yeah, like when you dissected that frog, Trevor. <laughs> yeah, I mean, did I, have I dissected a frog since? No, you know, what, you know what? If I do, I'm probably going to get locked up for being some kind of sociopath. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. Uh, but so that's what I've had to deal with. Fun stuff, right? Uh, which is a bummer because I actually did deal with a lot of fun stuff before that when I was watching uh, future NBA lottery picks uh, go at it over the, the last four days prior to Sunday, uh, which was just a lot of fun. Um, the Sometimes, you know, with my job and having to deal with certain things that you can't control and trying to please everybody and kind of relying on maybe a 16 or 17-year-old kid to call you back, some of that stuff can get frustrating, but it's it's days like these uh, the past week where you're just in a gym, you're just getting to watch basketball, and the players are right there, and they, they're not forced to talk to you but they're willing to talk to you afterwards because, again, you're just right there and they do it. Uh, that's the perks of my job and just being able to kind of scout, see what you like about kids, what you don't like about them, what they need to improve on, how they fit into Kentucky system or Louisville system or this and that. Seeing a ton of college coaches, you know, that you have grown up watching in Final Fours and National Championships sit two seats down from you uh, and, and, and getting to see that they're actually real human beings that – uh, do this and do that, and you know, even saw one coach look like he was uh, dozing off, which was pretty funny. Uh, I, do I, you I, want I'm to gonna, tell me the coach? We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna make that into a game later on in the show, Trevor. You're gonna get to you're gonna get to guess what coach was sitting right next to me, and I, I swear I think he fell asleep for some point. And it's a coach that you would think would do that. I can't uh, we'll, wait we'll for get, trivia game later on. We'll get more into who that coach could be. If you have any idea, text in the show at T Walker Rivals. Uh, <laughs> uh, but that's that. It kind of brings it all back down to earth about how how fun uh, my job is and the joys of being able to do that. And I did watch a lot of great players uh, and even some on ESPNU yesterday in the Nike UIBL semifinals and finals. Uh, seeing VJ King, who's going to Louisville, who played really well. Jason Tatum, who announced he's going to Duke. Uh, you know, a great talent and, and plenty of UK targets uh, in both those games, including Harry Giles and Yudoka Azabuki and Wendell Carter. So all these names of, of guys that either you do know or you do know or you're going to get to know uh, as their recruitments go on. And then, of course, all the guys I saw in Atlanta. Uh, it was just a lot of really good basketball, 
really good players and and did see John Calipari, did see John Robick, Tony Barbie. They were all on the scene. Did not see Kenny Payne. Uh, he was in Charlotte for a bit and then went to uh, then went to Peach Jam. Brett, my boss, Brett Dawson, Cats Illustrated, he was in Charlotte. So uh, still just a ton of coverage still being posted uh, from the last few days covering some basketball recruiting. Uh, so we're going to get to that. Who stood out? Uh, Kentucky watched who they're high on. Some guys are cutting their list. Did Kentucky make some of those cuts? Other guys committing. Obviously not to Kentucky or we'd know about it. I'll have more stories on the summer happenings of, of basketball recruiting. We've got a ton of UK football to talk about today. As the depth chart comes out, we're going to talk about some of the things that stand out there. Uh, so today's show, although we spent the first 15, 10, or 10 to 15 minutes talking about some insurance and storms, uh, we're going to get to, to, to sports, and I promise you an hour and a half just isn't going to be enough time. So stick around here on 1450. We'll be right back. least 15 minutes late uh i use the side door that way lumber can't see me <laughs> and uh after that i just sort of space out for about an hour Tell but, uh, space out yeah i just stare at my desk but it looks like i'm working i do that for uh probably another hour after lunch too presented by alan electric i'd say in a given week i probably only do about 15 minutes of real actual work it feels good to be a gangster. A real gangster type player plays his cards right. A real We're back here, 1450 Sports Buzz the Sports Soccer. Is brought to you by Out Electric Kentucky and his first and only electrician dedicated to residential repairs. Give them a call, 636 Help for any electrical service. Out Electric will never leave you in the dark. Trevor, how true is that in the average workday for somebody working nine to five to to slack off when they first get in and especially after lunch i was thinking how how fitting that was for both you and i and our jobs i mean do you i mean how much do we really work i mean when you get i mean we we do we do work and we work hard but it's such an easy job and when things that we love so much i guess it seems like we're barely doing 15 minutes of actual work i mean this week you you were working and you got to drive and watch basketball for six hours a day I mean, how many times did you zone out? I mean, think about it. That could have been the coach reporting to his uh, his SID or his uh, AD that you were sitting next to at the Beach Jam. That's that's true. I got uh, there to watch Jason Tatum. Heard he was going to commit to Duke, so I just dozed off for a little bit. The, I certainly do doze off during some games, especially some ones that aren't as uh, prevalent to me or have Kentucky targets playing in on them or I'll get lost on my phone uh, on Twitter or reading something. Uh, but just on days I'm not even at a gym, I, I certainly will wake up early, 
not do anything for the first few hours besides just read Twitter or read what I missed from the night before, before I even turn on my computer. Uh, and then certainly after I eat lunch, I'm working from home, it's kind of easy to get maybe sucked into a nice TV show. There, there's segments in your show that I just zone out myself and just, and, and just forget what you're, you're even talking in my ear. Yeah, there's sometimes you will say a sentence that I zone out. <laughs> I don't blame you. I don't even listen to what half the, time, half the things I even say. Yeah. Sometimes I'm talking, but my brain's not listening. It's thinking of other stuff. Well, I suggest you listen here, young man, and I, and everybody listening. Uh, we're gonna. This is going to be a lot of of, of basketball premium tar, uh, content that I've been posting on Cats Illustrated message boards that we're going to talk about now because uh, it's going to be a long time before UK's 2016 recruiting class or Louisville's 2016 recruiting class or any 2016 recru- recruiting class is finished, but you have a much better idea of what direction they're going to now than you did a week ago and, and who UK is keen in on, uh, who Louisville is keen in on, and, and who some of these – who where the top targets – where they may be leaning, or at least the the, the handful of sco- schools that they are strongly considering, and everybody, and this is this kind of came out of the NBA Top 100 camp during June when I was in Charlottesville, Virginia. That Duke is seemingly in on everybody. They they are the hot school. They have replaced Kentucky. People don't like to hear this, but they have replaced Kentucky as the hottest school in in college basketball. Uh, and really, I don't know if they necessarily even placed Kentucky as surprising as that had been. It, it actually might have been Kansas when you look at uh, where some of the, the absolute top guys were going. But Kentucky had a run, and the thing is, this is all very cyclical, where uh, a school will be on top for a year or two years, and another school comes, and it's impossible to be the coolest school, the school that everybody wants to go to for a five- or seven-year stretch. But as of right now, it's not Kentucky, and it is Duke. And... and the good news is for UK is that just like it was when Calipari was dominating in 2010 and 2011 and 2012, they can't get everybody. And just because you're getting guys doesn't necessarily translate over to a national championship. And and, and when you look at Duke's roster, before I get into some of the players um, and, and who who UK can land and who Duke's going to land, everybody is, is freaking out about Duke and how so many players want to go there and with Jason Tatum committing there, what this will mean. But here's the thing about Duke that I think is going to become more popular later on this season maybe. It's going to be a while before I think everybody starts to realize this, and I'll give you a little tip now. They're not going to lose that many guys to the to the NBA draft after this 2015-2016 season. Uh, they're just not going to because they don't have a ton of guys that are going to really jump out at at the NBA. Uh, they're going to have really good guys, and they're going to have a really, really good team. But let's look at some of their commitments, uh, and could they potentially go to the NBA? Will Luke Kennard be a one-and-done? No, he won't. I think he's going to be a great college player. He's going to be a guy that hits a lot of threes, uh, a white guy that shoots really well at Duke. I'm sure he will not be liked across the country. Uh, Chase Jeter, a center, a five-star center from uh, Las Vegas. He's really good, but again, I, I, I don't think he's gonna. I don't think he's a one-and-done player. He may be. If you wanted to argue for that, I could understand it. I don't think he will be. Brandon Ingram, obviously a one-and-done. He won't be coming back. Uh, and Derek Thornton, he's really good. He's a five-star, but he did reclassify. He reclassified very late. I don't necessarily think he's a one-and-done guy. I don't. 
uh, you know, I, he might be a guy that would say, you know what, I could be a first round pick. I'm borderline first, second round. Who, who the hell cares? I'm going to go. But he'll likely be back too. And then they have a, a center from Antonio Vrankovic from Florida. He's a three star. He's not going to be a one and done. He might be a guy that transfers. So you're going to be returning all these guys, Trevor, with likely who? Grayson Allen, Alex Murphy. You're going to be returning a lot of those, uh, a lot of guys from the national championship team that are going to be around for a few more years as well. So, but isn't that the ultimate goal to find the the mix? I mean, that that's something I think Duke has done a little bit, maybe more than Kentucky. Kentucky, when they did find the mix of guys, you know, mixing the great one and done. You look at the 2012 championship team. You had the sophomores coming back from the year before class. You know, a majority, a couple of them mixed with the true one and duns. That's what seems like Duke is doing a better job of. They want their one and duns, but keep it to like maybe you know one or two one and duns mixed with the upper level class of guys that are going to probably be a two and done, maybe a three and done. Isn't that well, the, isn't that the ultimate mixture? Isn't that what you really want in terms of finding what really works the best? I mean, in, in this case, Duke has won two national titles in the last five years. Well, you're 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 right. But Kentucky's been doing that too lately, where you're mixing. You know, you do have Marcus Lee coming back. You've got Tyler Eulis coming back. Uh, you do, and obviously this past year they had uh, a lot of talented, junior, a few juniors and a few and a few sophomores as well. So, so Kentucky's been doing that lately too. But Duke is doing that as well. But I, but it might come back to the whole platoon thing and how recruits absolutely despised it, where coaches are going to be able to recruit against Duke and say, look how many great guys they're going to have. Look how many talented people they have coming back. Where are you going to fit in? Where are you going to play? And they won't have an answer for that. Well, that's it. That's that'll come up though. If you know, where like you have a, a pair like the Harrison twins, who for all extensive purposes were were considered one and done. I mean, no one really, until they really saw about five minutes of them on the court, thought in college level that they were going to be back for sophomore year. And I think that kind of obviously put Cal kind of pigeonholed him into a. You know, a hard spot where he had to, you know, end up. Dakari Johnson probably, you know, we all didn't think he was probably going to come back for his sophomore year. But this brings up this this brings up an entirely bigger point that remind me of me saying this, uh, Trevor, because I, I want to get to it. Uh, and with that being said, we've got Captain Arctic on the phone, so let's take that here on the Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzz Line. Captain Arctic, how you doing? Hey, TJ, I love the Oxmoor Jeep, Chrysler, Dodge, whatever. <laughs> I don't know how you remember that. We're happy to have We'll have it written down. That's how I remember it. But we're happy to have you on the Oxmoor Chrysler, <laughs> Dodge, Jeep, and Ram buzz line. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for thanks for taking my call. I No, I just wanted to make a couple of – give a couple of thoughts and ask a couple of questions. Um, <clears throat> first of all, I think – all this would have been a hell of a lot easier to take and accept if we would have disclosed the deal, right? On the, uh, on the title this year. <laughs> I yeah, think that would have cured a, a heck of a, a lot of ill. Kentucky goes 40 and 0, wins a title. Duke doesn't. Uh, nobody cares if, the, if mm-hmm. nobody cares if you're a UK fan, if you're missing out on some recruits. Uh, really, oh, my opinion exactly. is UK fans, my opinion is UK fans shouldn't care all that much anyways, because they debatably had the number one class this past season and they're still shaping up for a really good 2016 class that I'm going to get more into. But you are right, is that yeah. it's kind of just all piling up against U.K. fans, it seems, when in actuality, U.K. fans are a yeah. bit spoiled, which is fair. <clears throat> yeah. 
and, and, uh, and like you said, they we have arguably the number one class this year. While most of what I read yesterday seemed to think that Duke is, you know, still still number one, et cetera. It's probably it's probably arguable. But my point my point is this: if we look at John Calipari and his his background, where does he best perform? He he, in my mind, he best performs as the street fighter, the underdog, the guy that's got to fight. And so I'm thinking that this is going to be great motivation for him. If if Coach K starts cleaning up on these these uh, you know one and dones, I think I think it's just going to be all the more motivating to him to kind of jump back into that role like he had at Memphis and UMass and to some extent when he first got to UK of of not being not being the guy in the spotlight all the time and and fighting for that uh, for that supremacy, if you will. So, I've, given that, and also what you're telling us about this, the depth of this class, I'm feeling pretty good about things because if there's enough talent to go around, we know anything can happen, and we certainly know from previous experience, not only with Kentucky, with Duke, Carolina, the best team doesn't always win. And I think it can also be argued that, you know, you, you mentioned Duke's titles in 2010 and 2015. Hell, man, I think we, we basically handed those to them when you look at what happened. We were a perfect matchup for both of those teams, and we just didn't, we just didn't win to get there. So that's kind of a, a little bit of a, um, a brain dump on things um, in terms of what I'm thinking. Yeah, and you're, you're spot on, and I appreciate the call. Captain Arctic. Uh, you're right, and it is just because it wouldn't be so bad if Kentucky fans looked back and went, yeah, things have been great lately, and we do have the titles, and we do have the best recruits, uh, we do have the NBA draft picks, but we only have just that one title, and Duke has two, UConn has two, so we're not technically the best in this six-year frame if you want to just talk about titles, and that's the thing that really bugs Kentucky fans, and it brings me on to a much larger point that I do think Kentucky fans are, are, are a bit spoiled. And I do think whenever John Calipari does leave, any UK fan is just going to beg to go back to this time and this period where you were arguing, not arguing, but you were disappointed with maybe having the number two recruiting class, maybe not being uh, the talk of the town with recruits. And, and now a lot of people mentioning Duke maybe a bit more than Kentucky. People are going to dream to be able to go back to this time. Uh, and, I, and I think that needs to be I think that needs to be considered. Now, the whole point of this, what I'm, what I'm trying to get at, and it's going to take some time for me to, to, to make my point, but my whole point is that it's going to be okay for Kentucky. It's going to be okay this upcoming season. It's going to be okay in 2016, 2017 with some of the guys that UK is going after. And, and like Captain Arctic said, I do think he makes a pretty valid point that when, when John Calipari's back is against his wall, when he's thought of as this villain, uh, that's when he maybe has been at his best. If you want to talk about a timeline, he gets to 2010. The, the talk was uh, he's not going to be able to win with one and duns. The expectations are way too high. UK has an unbelievable year, comes up short. The conversation after that is, look, we told you he couldn't win with one and duns. The next year has a lot of one and duns. He gets to a Final Four. The conversation switches from about one and duns to about Calipari as a coach and him not being able to seal the deal. 2012, they win the title and everything. everybody shuts up. Everybody shuts up, and they, the 
a few people, a few little birds chirp that they're going to take down the title, but nobody with a half a brain would ever listen to that. 2013, things don't really go that well, but uh, Kentucky fans and John Calipari are still uh, flying high. It doesn't really matter. And 2014, things start to go negative again as I'm doing this timeline of UK and John Calipari at UK. Things start to pile up against him again. Pat Forty says that he made his bed and now he needs to lie in it. Well, then they go to a national title. And all that talk is you put away. And then they almost run the table and all that talk is put away. Now it's Duke, but but now coming up short in that title, now all the attention has turned to Duke and how John Call or how Mike Shashevsky is winning with one and dones. And how he has he has perfected this system that John Calipari created, and it's not a dirty system with Coach K for whatever reason. And Trevor, going back to your point earlier, John Calipari is trying now to to blend one and dones with guys that will be around for a few more years. You're right; nobody thought the Harrisons would be guys that stick around for two years. Uh, Dakari Johnson, I don't know if that's necessarily true, but there by the end of the year, I think it is. I think by the end of the season, you you thought it was he was probably more sixty forty leaving than coming back. Uh, maybe, maybe not. But but this brings me to my point that there's this sense about Kentucky basketball and the kids feel it and they 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 sense it when I'm talking and they tell me when I'm talking to them about it before they even commit to Kentucky is that if you go to UK you better be a one and done or you're a failure and there's not that sense at Duke there's not that sense anywhere else there's not that sense of Kansas with guy with, with other programs that benefit from these insanely talented kids coming out of high school but there is a Kentucky and they're probably, honestly, as long as John Calipari is there, there probably always will be. Now, that's kind of the bad news for Kentucky, but you do have to take the bad with the good. On That's, a, that's a, the reason a lot of these kids come here to begin with. I mean, isn't it's, that somewhat the platform that Cal has kind yes. of built? I mean, yes. so he's, he's his own, the product, he's, he's maybe suffering from the own, his own pitch, his own sales pitch. Well, he's, he, he's suffering but he's gaining more than he's suffering yeah. from because he wants, he wants kids to think that way. Now he doesn't want them to think that if they don't make it after their first year, they're failures. He wants them to think that they can come back. But at that point, the seed is already planted. If you're a, if you're a student athlete, if you're a basketball player at UK and you're a five-star freshman on campus. And at one point I was a freshman on UK's campus. I wasn't a five-star. I wasn't uh, a basketball player, but I did see them around campus. I did see them at some parties and everybody asked them if they're going pro after the year, if they're going pro or if they're going to stay. Everybody asked them when Was that, that when followed high by school. the question, "Can I borrow twenty dollars?" Yeah, usually. It, it, it followed with, "Can I get your picture?" Yeah, and maybe autograph. an autograph. Yeah, uh, but I, you know, I didn't do that. I, you, I, if, is, that if is, I, is that a reason? Can you can you give that as a, a reason maybe for the? Uh, inabilities to to match the hype that the Harrison twins went through and the, the pressure that they get going in and now like a Marcus Lee I can't imagine having that the same amount of pressure as a five star I know he was a four star but or a, a Matthews coming into this class who's a four star or a Ulysses in last year's class who may even and I'm not trying to downsize a four be a kid who's a four star recruit that can't be a one and done but it's the five stars that probably have obviously like you said the most pressure. And it's actually a pretty good point because you don't hear that pressure. I mean, look at Kansas. Kansas has had multiple probably five-star kids come in that did not end up being one-and-dones, Wiggins being one of the few exceptions. 
and 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 are the ones that did maybe where they weren't one and dones like a Cliff Alexander who didn't deserve to be a one and done. He was just a one. He was just done because he didn't have anything left and didn't even have the one. Well, the the thing about Marcus Lee and even a Willie Cauley Stein, those guys didn't. In their sophomore, junior, senior years of high school, they weren't having people tell them, "Wow, you're going to be a one and done. You're going to be awesome. You're going to do this. You're going to do that." They weren't. They they haven't been pampered their entire lives. Now, to some extent, they probably have been, but not like a Julius Randle and uh, Andrew Wiggins, the Harrison twins. Uh, it, it hasn't been like that. So they, ha- you can just tell with a guy like Marcus Lee and with Willie Cauley Stein, they have a different attitude. They had a different approach. They didn't seem to be in a rush. They didn't seem to care. Marcus Lee was a late five-star when he eventually did reach five-star status. And you don't have that. It's a different sense with these guys where everybody's been telling them yes, 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 yes for their entire careers. And John Calipari uses that to his advantage that says, yes, yeah, you'll come here and be a one and done. You can be if you work hard enough. So it almost becomes a point where if you're not a one and done, did you work hard enough? It, it's kind of messed up. Marcus Teague, I, I don't. Marcus Teague seemed like the kind of kid who he didn't even want to go to, like, even waste a year in college. If he if he didn't have to go to college, he would have definitely been a straight to the NBA guy because he just didn't seem like the type of guy that wanted that felt like he needed to waste his time in college. Yeah, I don't know if I necessarily. If that was the case, he would have come back. I mean, he had well, no business you know, leaving. All all the rumblings was he was going to come back until they won the title. Had that team not made a Final Four, he's back. Had that team maybe not even may, maybe lose to Louisville in the Final Four or lose in the national title, he might be back. John Calipari thought he was back. John Calipari didn't think Ryan Harrow is going to be my guy, my one and only guy, because he thought Marcus Teague was coming back. He did. Uh, that you, you can ask anybody close enough to UK, they thought that was the case. You bring, so, you bring up Ryan Harrow reminded me when you went to your timeline. I love the way you described 2013. You just – it was a down year. No, no, we didn't. It wasn't. You didn't describe it as the NIT one and done year, but it was a down. I love the way you kind of downplayed the uh, the complete drop off between in, in the the one year that most Kentucky fans want to black out of their memory, like the like the kid who spent the creepy weekend with his uncle. Well, I uh, it, Justin Rowland, who does football recruiting, people on our message boards have been talking. The debate lately has been has has Cal been successful, which is kind of silly. But it's more of, yes, we only have one title. Is that good or is that bad, given everything that's happened? And should we be disappointed? So so Justin Rowland, who covers football recruiting, he weighed in on that topic. And then I later weighed in. And this is what I said. I'm, I'm quoting myself here. Uh, but ultimately, being a fan is about having a positive experience, watching your sports teams, having bragging rights, being able to enjoy uh, following that team. So – it ultimately comes back to what kind of experiences are you having as a fan? And I, and I said, think of all the memories you guys will have uh, of UK basketball from the past six years for the rest of your life, uh, where, you know, the six years prior to that, there weren't as many positive memories, even close, not even half. Uh, and, and, you know, all the you will never forget some of these things that have happened under Calipari. Uh, a few negatives, but mostly, mostly the vast majority positives. Uh, and a few of the things I mentioned was when UK won 2,000 games, when UK beat Mississippi State in the SEC tournament, when Brandon Knight beat Princeton, when Brandon Knight beat Ohio State, when UK went to a Final Four in 2011, the first one since 1998, uh, when UK dropped 100 points on Indiana in the Sweet 16, when UK beat Louisville in a Final Four, when UK uh, won their eighth national championship going in order here, uh, when UK beat Wichita State in one of the most exciting, amazing games of the NCAA tournament, 
uh, UK beating Louisville again in the tournament. Aaron Harrison buzzer beater after buzzer beater after buzzer beater. A 38-0 start. Um, all those things are things that you will never forget. And the specific things, like everyone but the 38-0 season, you will remember where you were during those games. And yes, there are some bad things. In 2010, there was a heartbreak season where it, it, it seemed like uh, UK basketball was back. 2011, uh, just it, it had a good feel to it until it didn't in the Final Four. And then Trevor, that brought the, the whole thing that brought this up was when I was describing 2013. I said, "Well, that, that, I think everyone was just happy to see 2013 come to an end. Uh, there, there wasn't, there were negatives throughout that entire season, uh, but uh, that's something that." won't be a too much of a negative memory because I think most UK fans have tried to just throw that one away. So that's the whole point about being a fan of Kentucky and whether or not just the one national championship is enough. Uh, is it strange that there's only one when you've been so close, maybe five other times? Yeah, you should probably have more than one. You probably should. But that doesn't mean that this six-year span has been anything but successful because it has. Uh, and we're going to head to a commercial break. When I come back, we're going to have another short segment, but I'm eventually going to get to the point of why UK is still going to be really, really good in 2016, 2017, completely bypassing this 2015, 2016 season because everybody's talking about Duke and recruiting, but UK could still maybe have a better class than Duke uh, because they're in on some really, really good guys and I've got a good feeling they're going to land several several of them, and I'm going to tell you why uh, after the after the commercial break. So stick around here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. We'll be right back. Here's the deal. I've got a hangover. Who knows what that means? Drunk? No. It means I was drunk yesterday. Presented by Allen Electric. Uh, it's going to be a short segment as we come up on the 5 o'clock hour. So let's play Guess the Coach That Was Asleep at the Recruiting Event. I don't know if he was actually asleep. I don't think he actually, you know, I, I don't want to accuse a coach of being asleep. But he was, he did, he was resting his eyes. I think that's fair to say. I saw I spent my entire uh, sophomore year in chemistry class. And, you know, these, and I, I, I don't even blame him. Because these events can be long, the be the bleachers are really uncomfortable. You just all you want to do is close your eyes and, and sometimes pretend you're somewhere else uh, until you actually need to pay attention. So, Trevor, just off the top of your head, your hint is it looks like a coach that would maybe want to take a nap at a recruiting event. Off the top of your head, do you have a, a guess? If you get this, I'll be impressed. Uh damn! Why can't Bobby Knight still be in coaching? Yeah, um, would. he would have been my first go-to choice. 
Um, I'm going to say Jim Beheim. That's a great guess. He's about to retire. He's he's older. Uh, he's, he knows he's about to line, uh, land probably at this point, Tyrus Battle. So, yeah, let's, what the hell? Let's take a nap. Uh, that is a that is a good guess. That's not accurate, though. Do I do I get a hint now at this point? Since I went, uh, I guess. can I can give you a hint. Okay. Uh, this uh, coach will annually play Kentucky. Um, annually play Kentucky. Yep, I'm I'm not necessarily saying that he's in the SEC. I'm not saying he's not in the SEC, but he will annually play Kentucky. Uh, because of your description, I'm going to say Rick Pitino. No, I did see Rick Pitino, uh, and he was he was looking good. Uh, he was with uh, David Paget, and uh, Yates is texting him. Jim Beheim, no. His next guest, uh, Larry Brown, no. Well, Larry that's Brown is a good play. one. He doesn't play Kentucky annually. I did see Larry Brown there. He looked he looked awake. He looked ready. You would have thought that these games were going off at 6 a.m., how pumped up he was to be there. He's 86 uh, going on 22. Um, but uh, but I'm gonna, no. I'm going to say Roy Williams then. Uh, Roy Williams was there, and at one point he was sitting on the ground. It was really <laughs> funny looking. I mean, he looked like a child. Um, but it, it was not Roy Williams that had dozed off. Uh, let me give you uh, another hint. He is in the SEC. Yeah, Yates keeps. I know he's on delay listening on the on the stream, and he keeps guessing my answers uh, to our okay. our text right after I guess it. <laughs> Captain Arctic also thinking Roy Williams. So not Bayheim, not Williams, not Larry Brown. But this guy, you would think, oh yeah, I could definitely see him falling asleep at a recruiting event. Oh, uh, Tennessee's coach. Uh, he coaches uh, in the in the SEC. It is not Rick Barnes. Barnes, thank you. Oh wow! Now I'm, I'm drawing. I'm, uh, I don't, I, this is. I don't think this is would be true. Frank Martin. Does Frank Martin look like a guy that falls exactly? Asleep I can't imagine he ever even sleeps. Frank Martin seems like the type of guy. He's like a hitman. He sleeps in the corner of his room with like his eyes open, like twenty four seven. I don't even think he closes his eyes. He's probably like uh, the Damon Wayne's character, Major Payne. He just sleeps with his eyes open at twenty four seven. And I'll say this: I'm not going to say who it is yet. But when I first mentioned this in the first segment of the show that we were going to play this game, Trevor, uh, Big Bag Dave texted in and got it correct without me even saying anything. Uh, this is going to be my last guess because at this point I'm just going to start naming coaches and see Bruce Pearl. No. Br- again, Bruce Pearl's high energy. You see him, he's excited. Well, he could be coming down. He could be crashing like a PCP attic. I don't know. The, the correct answer is Kevin Stallings. Ah, I like Kevin Stallings, too. It was kind of sad. I, I, I kind of like Kevin Stallings as well. Uh, it was kind of sad, though. He was sitting by himself. He didn't even have any assistance with him. Uh, he was not sitting far from me, and I try to kind of get away from the, the big group of coaches because that way, if I'm standing far away, I can kind of get a better view of who's there and keep an eye on the U.K. guys or Louisville guys. Uh, but he was sitting kind of off by me, too, and he at one point I just looked over and had his eyes closed. Uh, his head was forward, and uh, then you know a few minutes later he was his eyes were open. But boy, did he look sleepy! Um, and and Big Bag Cali or Big Bag Dave was able to to get that much much earlier before anybody else. So good call, Big Bad Dave. Uh, <laughs> uh, we're going to, to head to commercial break. I'm going to come back. We're going to spend a little bit more time on recruiting. UK can can run with Duke in the class of 2016. I'm going to drop some names of guys that are very high on Kentucky, 
uh, guys that I think UK could land. And it's not – everybody, step off the ledge. Duke is not taking over college basketball, uh, not yet at least. So stick around here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. We'll be right back. man george washington man he was in a cult and the cult was in the aliens man you didn't know that no oh man they were weighing at that type of stuff man. now back to the sports talker with tj walker presented by allen electric We're back to 1450 the sports buzz nice long final segment on your monday hopefully you maybe get off work a little early with the storms and actually they're probably not going to be here eight till eight or you probably should already be off work right trevor it's five o'clock i don't know i'm still sitting here well anyways be safe uh, when the storms do come that was a fun game of which coach seemed to be um asleep or or dozing off see i didn't want to go for someone I, at first i went oh but then i thought well maybe he's bringing it up because it's somebody you wouldn't expect to be falling asleep i could see kevin songs looks like a guy that i could see him falling asleep i mean he looks like the type of guy you would see sleeping on a subway i mean he just has got that kind of you know look i don't know I, I could see him passing out i mean hell he's kind of slept a little bit to the last few seasons of vanderbilt basketball anyway <laughs> do you want to play which coach was uh cadoodling with media members I don't what define cadoodling. <laughs> uh being friendly. Uh <laughs> uh sure. Could I get do I okay, do I do I get some other hints as well, a little bit easier hints than the last time or it was a coach mentioned in in the last in the last pool of coaches Roy during Williams. the last uh, no. Larry Brown. No, he's nope. not you know he's not a cadoodler. He probably he, I, nope. I can't imagine Larry Brown ever cadoodling in his life. Um, I don't want to see. Was it Bayheim? No. Does he look like a canoodler? No, he doesn't. He, but I could see him canoodling with certain people. <laughs> um, oh, Bruce Pearl, he reeks of canoodle. Uh, he he is uh he is nice, and I'm sure he has done some canoodling in his life. He oozes uh, the canoodle. But a uh, he, I didn't see him doing it. And Captain Arctic is thinking Bruce Pearl as well for the canoodling. Uh, but it is, it is canoodling not or cadoodling? Canoodling. Did I say cadoodling at I first? Said, I, I threw in a D in there. My, my, well, I might have. I might have done that too. You know, how we take uh, out R. We had R's to the word washer in, in Louisville. I added a D to it. That's a, I, I. I probably. I probably did it too, Trevor. Uh, no, it's Trevor. It's a coach that you like. 
Uh, well, that eliminates Calipari. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> friendly with media should have eliminated Calipari long, long before the does Trevor like him? I, I, th- I think me fitting into a medium shirt would be more likely a chance than see Frank Mar- Martin doodling or canoodling with anybody. Um, oh, uh, Rick Bar- I don't like Rick Barnes. That's, I can't think of anybody else that we've mentioned. You mentioned Rick Patino. Oh, well, Patino, yeah, that's right, yes, Patino. And it, it, it was Rick Patino. Well, yeah, he's, he, he, he can noodles on occasion. He's, he's kind of like, you know, he can noodles on the high holidays. He, and you know what, I'm not, I'm not blaming him. I'm not, I'm not, I'm, this isn't a negative rip at Rick Patino, uh, but there are some media members that were sitting with him and David Pageant, and I would watch those media members on Twitter on my timeline tweet out, Sources say Louisville is still recruiting <laughs> so and so, or Louisville is really interested in so and so, and I just wanted to be like, oh my goodness, that, You're that's your, that's one of your sources. You were so lucky. The day you see John Calipari sitting with a media member during one of these events will be will be the day that you know I actually probably have a scoop. I'm I'm I'm, I'm only kidding. I have some scoops from time to time. But it was insane. Are you going to name drop these, uh, these, no. these, these, these writers? No, but it's probably not hard to figure out. That's <laughs> no, probably not. But I can imagine st- if, if Cal Perry was canoodling, I can, I'm sure we can probably guess which writer he were, or uh, uh, personality he was talking to as well. Sit- sitting any closer, and this guy would have been sitting in Rick Pitino's lap. <laughs> and I'm, I'm jealous, to be honest. Not that I want to sit in Rick Pitino's lap, but I want to have that access I want the coaching staff that I covered to be that friendly with media members and just get and just talk shop with them. But ask them what what they do. Did you have to maybe you have to babysit some kids or some grandkids for Cal? Maybe I mean maybe give them do a couple DUI not, pickups. I mean you know that's that's not that's not Cal Perry's just never going to talk to take an SAT test under someone else's it, name. Do something. He's like never going to be a media. He's never going to be somebody that's going to be friendly with media. Uh, Outside of a press re- conference, you mean? Out, Yes, and 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 these recruiting events, and um, it's just it's never going to happen. And there have been some assistant coaches under Calipari that have been semi-friendly, not to the point where they're going to say, "Hey, we're getting this guy, we're getting this guy, we feel good about this guy." Some of them have, some of them, I guess, have been close to hint towards those sort of things. Uh, But certainly, the staff they have now is not of not cut that way to to talk to media. So I'm jealous of it. Uh, But yeah, there there were some. uh, some media members that were getting getting some insight from from Rick Pitino uh, at these at these events, which you know, good for them. Uh, but anyway, so so the 2016 recruiting class saw a lot of good guys, and and Jason Tatum obviously was a guy that had UK in his final four. Ultimately, picked Duke, surprising nobody. Uh, Harry Giles is really really good friends with Jason Tatum. If you want to credit Duke for one thing, they're pretty good at recruiting these package deals or recruiting of two friends together. Uh, John Calipari hasn't ha- been as successful of, of playing that card or being able to land one in, in hopes of helping attract the other. Uh, so Harry Ch- if Harry Giles decides to go to, uh, to Duke, then they're going to have a really good team. I still think Kentucky could potentially have a better 2016 recruiting class. I'm going to tell you why, but, but like I said, Duke's going to have a serious log jam I think they're going to have some trouble getting some, maybe some guards uh, to come on board in 2016. Uh, but if they get Giles and they and they get Jason Tatum, they're going to be unbelievably talented. 
But here's how UK can match them in terms of a great 2016 recruiting class, and that is dominating dominating by landing some of these guards. Because I've never seen a guard class as deep as the 2016 one, and we'll probably never see one again. Uh, it's insanely talented at the top. It goes really, really deep where you have uh, a Kentuckian named Quentin Gooden who is kind of not even on Kentucky's radar in the slightest because there's so many other great guys at the top. And he's a Kentuckian. He'd probably love to play for Kentucky if UK showed him the interest. So some guys that I saw this weekend, uh, Kobe Simmons is one that I've always been high on. And he likes Kentucky. I, I think it's going to be Kentucky or Ohio State for him. Uh, he's great. He's probably He would probably be the closest thing to a John Wall-type guard that Calipari has, has recruited. Get from one end of the floor in a blink of an eye. Great passer. Great around the rim. He's going to get fouled a ton. Good free throw shooter. Not a great outside shooter, but not terrible. Similar to John Wall when he was in college. So he used to be my favorite guard in the class. Malik Monk eventually knocked him off in terms of my favorite. Because uh, Malik Monk can do a lot of those things, but he's just a deadly outside shooter. He's not as good at getting to the rim as Kobe Simmons, although he's not he's not far off. But just a probably one of the better shooters in in high school basketball. Isn't Simmons is Simmons the one of the kids I think I read that is doing a package deal thing, kind of like uh, you saw Okafor Jones and maybe possible a Giles Tatum. Uh, no, not necessarily. That, I'm thinking of another guard that I read about. Uh, I don't, I, you know, I don't really know who you're, who you're thinking about. I know I read somewhere on, on someone talk, reading about an article about the beach dam that talked about one of the, someone doing a team up thing as a guard forward type team up. I'll look it up as you keep talking. You, I'm trying to, I, I'm trying to think of who it is. Cause there have been some ones whispered out there uh, off the top of my head. I can't think of, of exactly who you're, who you're talking about. Uh, so, so Malik Monk is, is great. Uh, he's gonna be. He's gonna decide between likely Kentucky and Arkansas. He ke- he keeps claiming other schools are in the mix. I still think it comes down to Kentucky and Arkansas. So you've got Kentucky in the top two, in my opinion, for Malik Monk and Kobe Simmons, who were at who were my top two guards heading into this past week. Now I think you have to put uh, Riley Atkins at number two, and you drop Kobe Simmons down to three, which is just ridiculous because almost any other class, Kobe Simmons probably the number one guard. So you put uh, he he's a guy that's very interesting in Kentucky. I don't know if I'd say Kentucky's necessarily in their top two in his top two uh, because there's so many schools listed right now. But I would probably say they're at least in the top three, if not the top two. Louisville's up there too. Uh, this is a, a an Eric Bledsoe type guard, except much taller. Uh, he looks like a horse. He's incredibly physical, incredibly skilled, and very high on UK. So UK is in the mix for, for another another great guard. And then you have Markel Fultz, who UK just recently offered, uh, who said that UK was his dream school at one point. He's a shooting guard, one of the better scorers in the class. So you have all four of those guys very interested in UK, and you do have probably a pretty good chance of Tyler Ulis coming back for a junior season. If UK wins two of those, if they can just win two of those guys, regardless really of what two they are, you're probably going to have UK have the best backcourt 2016-2017. You'll have a, a combination you'll, in some way of freakish athleticism, great scores, 
and a a floor general in Tyler Ulis. And and I stand corrected. I think it was a, it was a 2017 class I was looking at when I read the Michael Porter Jr. and Trey Young connection. Ah, uh, yeah that that would be accurate. That would be accurate. I did, it was something I read on a report from the Peach Jam, but I, I got my uh, recording recruiting classes mixed up, obviously. And and Duke would be and Duke, and Duke probably favorite uh, for Trey Young. I think Michael Porter ends up staying home at Missouri, but uh, but yeah, you when know. When I Duke first saw that name on the headline, I thought, no way, that's Michael Porter's kid from Kentucky. No, 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 uh, no. <laughs> when no. I, when I saw the high, the, the picture of him, I thought, okay, yeah, I don't think it's him. <laughs> Poor what uh, poor namesake, yeah. Uh, poor guy to share your name with there, um, but uh, so the guards UK is going to be fine. Uh, you know, as of right now, it might be first come first serve uh, with who wants to commit first. But Calipari has to be smiling ear to ear because he knows he's going to get some good guards. So on the wing, UK is running out of options. Uh, Miles Bridges, it kind of seems to be Miles Bridges or bust on the wing if they want a true three. I, I think UK is in the top two there with Michigan State and, of course, Kentucky. And Michigan State is 45 minutes, 40 minutes away from Mount Bridges' home, so that, that might be a tough one to pull out, but they're in the top two. And then you go down low, you already have Ty Winyard, and you're in for Udoka Azabuki, Harry Giles you're at least competing for. I don't think he ends up at Kentucky. You have Sasha Killa-Jones. Maybe Thon Maker. So you do have a lot of other guys, a lot of big guys that you can worry about later. In an ideal situation where you where where Duke gets Harry, well, that wouldn't be ideal for UK. But if if Duke gets Harry Giles and then maybe add one or two more guys, maybe another five star, an ideal situation for Kentucky can still beat that class without a doubt. And they're in the top two or three with so many of these guys, Trevor. We know we saw them strike out this past year. But can that happen two straight years? I think the answer to that would be no. Captain Arctic texted in and asked if Derek Thornton's a one and done for Duke. Him coming back a second year will be key for them. I don't think he is. I don't think he's a one and done. Just because he's he's gonna already be young as is, I don't it might take him a little while to translate. He's a pass first guard, and sometimes that doesn't uh that doesn't scream sexy for for NBA teams, but you are, he later goes on to say that that's going to be the the key, a sophomore Derek Thornton will be key for that team, and I agree, and he might just want to come back to be able to play on that team because he could average 12 assists per game if he wanted to, uh, passing to to Jason Tatum and all the shooters that Duke team will have. Duke will be, Duke will be really good in 2016, 2017, but like I'm saying, and some for the reasons I mentioned, I think Kentucky can be really, really good too because they're in in a great spot for so many guys. A lot of good guys. And again, we don't know. Does Marcus Lee come back for his senior year? Probably not, but maybe. Uh, how how much better can Ty Winyard get before he arrives at Kentucky? And if he arrives early, he'd basically be a sophomore then and, and have some experience under his belt. Uh, do, you, do you have any other surprise guys stay? Does Alex Poitras decide to to redshirt and come back for a, a to become a fifth year senior? Does he use his redshirt rather from the two thousand from this past season? Now, all those things are, are are things that could happen, and uh, there's a lot to love, to be determined. But it, it's going to end up being a, a really good class for UK that I can't imagine finishing outside of two 
and I still think can compete for number one with Duke. And if you are just now tuning in or you tuned in at the 5 o'clock hour and you're wondering, why are you talking about 2016, 2017? That's a long way away. Why don't you talk about 2015, 2016? It's because Duke right now is the topic of conversation, and and, and rightfully so. They're doing well, uh, but that doesn't mean Kentucky won't won't be there, won't be right up there with them when, when push comes to shove. And if you want to talk 2015, 2016, Kentucky has the best team in the country. Without a doubt. And I, I think if Alex Poitras was 100% healthy, if, you want to, if we want to make this really a Duke-Kentucky rivalry, those two are going to play in November. If Alex Poitras was 100% healthy for that game, I think UK wins by 15-plus. Not joking. Because like Captain Arctic mentioned earlier when he called in on the Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram buzz line, Calipari doesn't like it when, when he doesn't feel like he's in the, the center of attention or when he's being overlooked. That could be a beatdown. So, a lot left to be determined. Uh, but Kentucky fans, it's, it'll it'll be okay. It'll be okay. Uh, we also had a question on Twitter. Did I hear anything regarding what might happen with UNC uh, with the NCAA while surrounded by a lot of other media members and coaches? Uh, it, it was brought up with some other media members I, it, but it, it didn't seem like anything more than what we talk about on the on the show or if Trevor and I were just kind of speculating. I didn't hear any great information that I that I feel confident about. Let me, uh, let me ask you a question, TJ, involving especially the Peach Jam. You've talked about a lot of guys connected with obviously with Kentucky and Duke as well, but uh, it would be generic to ask you the guy that impressed you the most. Which player did you see this week, this last week that – you didn't ex- that showed you more than you expected going into it. You maybe knew his name, but didn't expect to be kind of in, as as impressed as you were by after watching him in the last week at AU competition. A guy that really kind of stood out. Yeah, but and maybe didn't expect to stand out. Well, I had never seen Raleigh Atkins in person, uh, and, and he's a guy that had blown up this summer, but so other people have kind of caught on to that before me. But man, I mean, he is awesome. He is awesome. Player, he's just, I'm sorry, go on. He's just a, such a big physical guard that is going to uh, that's going to make a, a college coach really, really happy. He can also shoot, can score from anywhere. Uh, he's a he's a really, really good player. Player, you went into last week thinking I can't wait to watch, and walked away thinking, man, I'm, I that was kind of underwhelming. Kind of the feeling you got when you went to see Jurassic World. <laughs> I there, there I promise you there was nobody that I went and saw uh that would that would equal Jurassic World status. Well maybe uh, not to that level of stinkage, but you did not obviously meet your expectations that you felt like you were gonna see when you watched went to watch her play. And you know, I don't I don't like to necessarily pick on, on kids, but be yeah, too nice. Come on, be be realistic. Uh there <laughs> there's a guy that's on Kobe Simmons AAU team uh that has visited Kentucky. Uh, named James Banks, who is who has a great body uh, for for a college player, uh, for a forward. He's six foot ten, two hundred and thirty pounds. He can kind of run the floor pretty well, uh, but he didn't have a great week from what I saw. And, and and he's he's really waiting on that Kentucky offer and hoping for that Kentucky offer. And I had thought with the big guys kind of being few and far between in the class of 2016, that if he had a good week, and UK watched him all week, if he had a good week, he'd land that offer. 
from what I saw, and his team ended up going to the championship game and losing to Raleigh Atkins' team in Adidas. Uh, I thought if he had a good week, he would he would likely bring home an offer. Uh, he still may, you know. I I don't know what 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 I see may be completely different than what John Calipari sees based on potential, this and that. Uh, but I, I don't. I would be su- kind of surprised if, if UK did offer him. He struggled a little bit. Um, still not very polished for his size. Uh, but he'll he'll get better and he'll he'll end up going to a good school, I'm sure. But I, I that was one guy I, I was anxious to see and thought, okay, this could be this could be your chance, buddy, to get that UK offer and uh ended up I, I don't think he's gonna end up coming away with it. So that would be one guy that maybe was uh didn't have his best stuff last week. Last one for you. What was the one guy that you disagree with the, the masses, the sheep herds that says this guy's awesome and you sit back and go, I don't get it, I don't see it. You're you're really having a negative focus, aren't you? Well, I'm trying to be all you know. I'm not trying to be all marshmallows and you know rainbows here. There's there's rainy days in the world around us. You're you're right about that. And, and one guy that does not have a Kentucky offer is and does have a Louisville offer. And just if you could if you could draw up a guy that you'd want a a college player to to have that similar of a body, it'd be Ed Trice Adebayo, uh, known as Bam Bam, is his nickname. Um, and, and he's got a very he's got a mentor that is probably my favorite person to interview just because he's so animated and and loud. Um, but he is uh, he's a top ten player. He averaged thirty two points and twenty two re- twenty one rebounds for his high school team with five block shots. Uh, but he plays in kind of rural North Carolina. Doesn't play against top talent during high school season, and, and he puts up really good numbers in AAU. But it's kind of sneaky good numbers because he goes to the line a lot. He'll get a lot of garbage points. And anybody at his size, six foot nine, 220 pounds, should be able to get rebounds. But he's, he doesn't seem to be the center of his offense and almost used as a decoy at times just to, just to uh, get double-team attention to do this and that. So, And I've seen him play a lot. And, and you know some people will watch him and go, wow, he's so good. He's so physical. He's so big. And then I, I see him and think he needs to probably do more at his size. So it's a difference in opinion. I, I was not blown away with his performance uh, from last week, and I know a lot of people were. Uh, but he is high on Louisville. Uh, he, he likes NC State, Kansas, Memphis. If you get a chance, you should read my story on him on CatsIllustrated.com because the story is basically why hasn't Kentucky offered, and I asked his guardian that. And granted how, how – uh, color for his, his guardian is uh, it, it made for some good answers without a doubt because he is a big guy and UK has offered a ton of big guys in the class of 2016 and here you have this top 10 player and they haven't offered him it makes you scratch your head and wonder why so I kind of touched on that a little bit uh, we got uh, just under two minutes you watching the all-star festivities tonight if it doesn't get rained out I was thinking about heading up to Cincinnati really I I, I think the home run uh, the, what they're doing for the home run contest tonight is very cool it's a step in the right direction uh, to to help save that event, uh, and I'm really excited to to watch it. Uh, USA plays tonight too, though, so you got to keep that in mind. Yeah, and there's USA wrestling soccer. tonight as well. So, uh, went speaking of soccer, went to Louisville City game on Saturday. Just another blast. Uh, they were able to get a, a one nothing win. Things are really rolling now. We have a break in the schedule, so they're not going to have a home game for for a little while, but that's okay. Uh, but USA soccer plays tonight in the Gold Cup. Trevor, you gonna you gonna you gonna turn to it at all? I promise you, I will be flipping between that and wrestling. And if maybe, maybe if I remember, I'll go to the home run derby. But I doubt it. 
but I, I'm, I'm, it's going to be a big TV night for Monday. Uh, you watched True Detectives last night? Have you I, been watching that? I have not caught up with it. I did watch Ballers, though, and the last two Ballers I've liked. I actually, I thought this last Ballers was their best one yet. It still had some corny lines. A lot yeah. of times I just had to shake my head. But it was probably it was the most entertaining from a story development standpoint. I will say this: I, this is the first week I'm intrigued to watch it next week. This is the first enjoyed last week's, mainly because of the one line on the, on the boat between the Rock and the James Harden lookalike guy. But I wasn't still waiting for this week's. This next week, I'm actually anticipating watching it. I have not I, started my Ray Donovan yet, though. It, it, season three started that last night. I didn't get to. We had a TV show, so I didn't get a chance to check it out. But night. I agree with you on Ballers. Uh, go USA, beat Panama. Thanks, everybody, for listening, participating today, and being patient with me last week. Glad to be back. We'll be here all week. I uh, look forward. Be safe with the storms. We'll talk to you tomorrow here on 1450 The Sports Bus. Call it purple. I'ma call it home. Take a shot of Tron. Lay back in the lap and take two to the dome. Ride from the bill to BG in my zone. Let me hear you say high time. Sitting by the river. Got my old shotgun fishing pole in my liquor. Cause people always trying to tell me how to run my life when they say I'm going wrong and I swear I'm going wrong.